Tucson's only local morning sports talk show. The Jeff Dean Show starts now. Welcome back to hour number two, today's edition of the Jeff Dean Show. I am Jeff Dean here with you, and whether you're listening on the AM side at 1490, on the FM side at 104.9, or if you're choosing to listen to the live stream available on ESPNTucson.com, we do appreciate you. Also, those of you checking out the podcast, anywhere you can get your uh, your podcast, whether it's Apple, Audible, Amazon, Stitcher, TuneIn, we appreciate you joining us here. We know that you have a choice of where to get your sports news, information, and entertainment. We thank you for choosing the Jeff Dean Show, which is Tucson's only local morning sports talk show. We talked a lot of local in act number or act number one, hour number one. What is this, a play? <laughs> it's an opera? Hour number one. We talked a lot of Wildcat football. And look, that's that's the that's what's the 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 soup du jour is, right? Right now for, for Wildcat fans, people in the city of Tucson, state of Arizona, it is uh, it is all about college football right now. Interestingly enough, you know, I found some I found some websites here just looking real quick before we wrap things up on that. Because I'm a junkie, I, I really am. I'm just I'm just a college foot, football junkie here. I soak in as much information as I possibly can, and it's just it just interests me to find out to think to see what other people think of of Arizona football, and the the reactions are all over the place. There's a uh, there's a company, it's called Free Picks, Free Picks and Parlays net, and they do a lot of they have a bunch of guys, a bunch of handicappers um, that that contribute you know, every week to college and NFL. And according to uh, according to these guys, Arizona's going to win the game straight up, 31-30. I'll take it. I mean, I'll take it. I, it it's, it's one of the few that have Arizona winning the game outright. A lot of them have, uh, have you know, Arizona covering the spread. And it is an interesting spread as it moved from 11 to 11.5 to 12.5. And uh, you know, we'll, again, we'll see where it settles once game time comes around. But the the predictions have been kind of all over the place. It's hard to find kind of one consistent thought about this game. And look, there are a lot of games out there this weekend, starting with tonight, that uh, are you know are getting a lot of unanimous picks. Okay, it's really easy to kind of see some of them. Obviously, you know the you know the games the ranked teams that are playing tonight. <clears throat> Pardon me. Uh, on a Thursday, obviously, Coastal Carolina, they're a 35-point favorite over Citadel. Utah is a 30-point favorite over we- uh, Weber State. Arizona State's a 45-point favorite right now Southern Utah, over Southern Utah. The only game that's really of interest is the Ohio State-Minnesota game, and that's a two-touchdown spread right now. So, yes, while it is exciting that, that uh, college football is kicking off tonight and we'll get to watch some some big time power five football. Last night was fun though, right? I don't know if anybody watched that UAB the UAB Jacksonville State game. I did. I was watching as closely as I could while I was kind of working last night. But uh, look, I thought it was exciting. It was a lot of fun to watch. Jacksonville State has a long way to go. UAB looks good. You know, I, I talked about UAB a little bit yesterday about resurrecting that that program from nothing, from from a program that was completely dead. I thought that was uh, that was good to see. So. College football's back. We'll be talking more about that. We'll talk some NFL here coming up in just a little bit as well. But I want to talk about this this new 
requirement, the vaccine requirement that is specific to a couple of cities here in the U.S. that will be enforced by NBA teams. Now, the NBA informed teams uh, in these cities, in New York City and San Francisco, about vaccination requirements being enforced, including the players. So members of the New York Knicks, the Brooklyn Nets, and the Golden State Warriors, unless they have an approved medical or religious exemption from taking part in vaccinations, those teams will be subject to 100% vaccination rates amongst the players. In New York, beginning on September 13th, anyone over the age of 12 will not be allowed to enter certain covered premises inside the city, including the Barclays Center, the home of the Nets, and MSG, home of the Knicks, among others. Okay. Um, in San Francisco, and this is beginning in October, October 13th, same rules. Everyone over the age of 12 must show proof of being fully vaccinated before entering any type of a large-scale event, including NBA games at the Chase Center, where the... Golden State Warriors play ball. Now, this is look. This is like this is big. I don't know what the numbers are for these particular teams, but as I previously mentioned, Kyrie Irving is vocally non-vaccinated player. Okay, no, he's, he's a uh, he's a guy that doesn't partake in the vaccinations. I guess of any type. Plays for the Brooklyn Nets, and he's a big part of that team. It'll be interesting to see if he gets an exemption. And if that exemption causes other players to then follow suit and say, well, if Kyrie got his, I should be able to get mine because of religious or medical exemptions. This is, this is an interesting uh, – it's going to be really interesting to see how far this spreads because we know that the city of New Orleans has been cracking down on this. Um, of course, with Hurricane Ida right now, a lot of this, a lot of the stuff has been relocated, but by the time the NBA season rolls around, the Pelicans will be able to play games in their home uh, uh, in their home arena. <clears throat> but uh, you know that's a city that has been cracking down. I'm guessing that the New Orleans Pelicans will have a similar type of uh, of mandate for their players. So guys like Zion Williamson, you know, again, I don't know. It's none of my business, to be honest with you. I, the only reason I care is because it's news, and that's what I do. I have, I report sports news. That's what uh, that's what we do here, and that's the only reason I even care. That's the only reason I even look this stuff up. Which players are vaccinated? Which players are not? Because uh, personally, I don't care who's vaccinated, and who's not. Like it's not it's none of my business. But it is my business if Kyrie Irving can't play forty one home games at the Barclays Center because he refuses to be vaccinated. That's when it becomes everybody's business, right? Because that changes things a lot. That changes the entire landscape of the Eastern Conference in the NBA this season. NBA training camps are set to open at the end of this month, September 28th, and the regular season begins on October 19th. So keep an eye on this one, folks. This one, this may end up spreading like wildfire, or if numbers continue to go down, like if, and I do believe the numbers are, are going down as far as uh, you know, non-vaccinated uh, people uh, contracting the virus. We may see a change in some of the policies in some of these cities. I don't know. I certainly hope it's not something that's ongoing for a long time because, well, for many reasons. So we'll continue to keep an eye on that. Last night, the, uh, the Giants 
took a loss again to the Milwaukee Brewers, getting swept by Milwaukee at home. Things have gone south for the Giants. The pitching actually hasn't been really bad for San Francisco. It's been the hitting. They haven't been hitting the ball well. Offense has been has been down, and uh, they're showing a little wear and tear right now. They were the they have been the surprise team in Major League Baseball. Still are the surprise team in Major League Baseball this season, with just how successful they've been. Eighty four wins against forty nine losses. Look I, again. I announced for this team in the spring. I never. I mean, I thought eighty four wins at the end of the season would have been a successful year for this iteration, this year's iteration of the San Francisco Giants. They got eighty four wins with still plenty, you know, several weeks to go. But last night. The Los Angeles Dodgers took care of business against the Braves. Max Scherzer was on fire last night. He was so good. And uh, the Dodgers get the win. And the Dodgers are now in first place in the National League West. They have a half-game lead because they have a, a one-game lead in the, in the uh, win column. They're 85-49. and 49. Giants are 84-49. and 49. The Dodgers are in first place in the West for the first time since April 25th. So it's been a while. They've been looking up in the, uh, in the standings for quite some time. But look. I think we all realized it was just going to be a matter of time before the Dodgers took that over. I still don't – you know, the Giants may have had the best record in baseball for the longest time. I don't believe they were the best team in baseball. You just kind of had to go with the records because they just kept beating everybody. They just kept winning games. Regardless of what your thoughts about them were, they just kept winning games. But it looks like the, the, the power rankings that I did a couple of weeks ago is those are all coming to fruition. Like those teams are all rising to the top. You know, I put I put San Francisco number 1 because I you, you, you had to. They had the best record in baseball by four games I think at the time they had four more wins, four or five more wins than any other team in baseball. I said they were the best. I still didn't believe they were the best team, but they had the best record and they they weren't losing, so you, you can't vote them off the top. The Dodgers were my number 2 team. They now have the best record in baseball. My number three team was Tampa Bay. They have the number three record in baseball, third best team in baseball record-wise. Surprisingly, I put the Milwaukee Brewers fourth on my power rankings. The Milwaukee Brewers have the fourth best record in baseball. So the cream is, is beginning to rise. The Yankees have started to fall back a little bit. They've uh, they've lost four of their last ten. The, uh, the Red Sox are, you know, trying to – Get back in that race. They're a game behind the Yankees. Uh, two games. They're one of the game in the win column. A few games in the loss column. They're two games out of uh, behind behind the Yankees right now. So this is look. This is going to be an interesting race down the stretch. Look, I still love the game of baseball. I hope uh, you guys enjoy baseball as well. the The National League wild card is all but sewed up. Whatever team doesn't win the National League, whatever team finished second in the NL West is going to win the wild card and have to play, like, one of, like, six teams that are involved between the Reds, the Padres, the Phillies, the Cardinals, the Mets. All those teams are involved, and don't even get me started on the Mets. They're a dumpster fire right now. They'll probably begin to fall out, unless for whatever reason they can find a way to have harmony between the players and the fans and the booing and all that stuff going on. It's a joke, but I digress. American League, the wild card race there, tighter than ever. Yankees have a two-game lead over the Red Sox. And then right behind them is a log jam. The A's, the Mariners, the Blue Jays, the Indians, the Angels are right there. So even with a losing record, the, the Angels are right there. And anytime you've got that type of firepower and that type of ability between Mike Trout, Shohei Otani with the, uh, with the Angels, you got a chance to win games. you got, uh, you got a couple of heroes on that, uh, on that ball club, and uh, you got a chance to win games. So it'll be interesting to see. We'll keep a close eye, of course, on Major League Baseball and all the 
you know, all the, uh, the, the happenings there, the, the developments in Major League Baseball. Um, I don't know what is going to happen with the New York Mets, what they got to do to clean up that mess, but it's got to be it, – something's got to be fixed. The players are just – and, and they came out with this apology and stuff after – you saw it coming, right? Everybody, everybody knew that apology was coming. As, as soon as the media storm hit, it was like, oh, sorry. Why does it take I, – I guess, I guess people just feel like they can just get away with things until they get caught and get called out for it, and then they, then they apologize. Like, is that, is, it, is, that, is that the whole, like, mindset of, of people nowadays? Better to beg for forgiveness than ask for permission kind of thing? Is that, is that how we're going about this? I'm not, I'm not down for that. Like, it's not, it's not, how, I, not how I work. It's not, that doesn't work out for me. So good luck with, uh, with all of that. As I mentioned, the, uh, the Thursday night college football games coming up. Again, tonight, not great. There's, some, there's some, you know, some games that we can watch. Boise State, UCF will be a good one. That game's at 4 o'clock on ESPN. That'll be a, uh, a little daytime game that we can watch there. And then Friday games, North Carolina, Virginia Tech. That's quietly a big ACC game. Uh, quietly a big ACC matchup there is, uh, is North Carolina, Virginia Tech. Those two schools. Uh, going to be competing in the, you know, of course, the ACC, the, the North Carolina, uh, top 10 ranked team in the country right now. We'll, uh, we'll see how long that lasts. I don't know if they have staying power. They have a great quarterback or at least a really good one, Sam Howell. I know that I saw Mel Kuyper this morning give out his top 10 list of quarterbacks uh, for this year's NFL draft. Obviously, Spencer Rattler was number one. There's no debating that. He put Sam Howell number two. I don't know. I guess I got to watch the kid play again. I'm not sold. Uh, you know, I kind of want to see him play a little bit more, but uh, we get a chance to see him play on Friday. And then uh, another Big Ten game: Northwestern hosting Michigan State. Michigan State's not going to be any good this year. Northwestern and the Fighting Fitzgeralds favored by three in that game. Uh, that game coming up on Friday night. So plenty of stuff to still to get into. We're going to do some NFL talk coming up here in just a little bit as. Um, Things have, uh, have begun to settle as far as roster positions. And, the, of course, the roster cuts were made down to 53. Things have started to settle a little bit. But I don't know if things are settled in Miami. Because there was, a, there was talk a few days ago that the Miami Dolphins were interested in Deshaun Watson. All of a sudden, those talks got squashed. Like every, People stopped talking about it. They're like, nope, no, never mind. Don't worry about it. There was nothing to see here. Uh, what's that? What, what, what's that? Oh, look, the Goodyear blimp. It, it's, they're trying to diffuse and, uh, and cause some subterfuge there. I believe that there is still interest from the Miami Dolphins in bringing in Deshaun Watson. I believe that they, at the Dolphins, think they're close enough to getting a high playoff seeding, but they're not sure about the quarterback position. And I wouldn't be either. I wasn't a huge fan of Tua coming out of Alabama. I don't want small-sized, left-handed quarterbacks who are oft injured coming off of a major hip injury. I just don't, I don't want it. Tua showed flashes of being really good at Alabama. A lot of former Alabama quarterbacks have. It's what happens when you have 10 other players of NFL caliber level playing with you at the collegiate level. Just, just going to happen. I'm not taking anything away from these guys. They still made uh, the plays. They're still out, you know, able to go out there. You still have to be able to throw the football on target and on time and move the, move the team down the field, command the huddle, 
check the defense, get him in the right play, get him in the right cut, you know, the uh, the right protections and such. But yeah, I don't know. I don't like bringing in left-handed quarterbacks. You have to retool the entire offensive line. Everything changes about the offense. You got to flip the playbook, and it's just not that simple. Uh, not to mention he's small and he's oft injured. So I do think that there's still a lot of buzz around Miami and the Deshaun Watson deal. And I think that Deshaun Watson's people are just going to continue to leak any type of information they get whenever a team shows interest because they need to hype up their guy, right? That's that's what their job is. they gotta got to hype him up, make sure that he gets the best deal. Keep him relevant. So we'll talk about that and a whole lot more coming up in just a little bit. Join us every weekday afternoon on Spears and Ali for NFL Cover 2 from 3 to 6 on, on the Spears and Ali show, talking all kinds of uh, NFL news and notes. That's NFL Cover 2 brought to you by Barrio Brewing Company. Barrio Brewing Company, Arizona's oldest brewery, brewing in Arizona since for the last uh, for the last 30 years. More after this, it's the Jeff Dean Show here on ESPN Tucson. Now back to the Jeff Dean Show on 1490 AM, 1049 FM, ESPN Tucson. Welcome back to the Jeff Dean Show here on ESPN Tucson. Still got about another 30 minutes to go here. Don't forget to stay tuned. Starting next week, I'll be giving away my season tickets every single week to the Wildcat home game that week to a couple of lucky fans, a couple of lucky listeners who uh, happen to be able to get the keyword and text it in and uh, win the contest each week to win my tickets to Arizona football. We'll be talking about that a whole lot more coming up in uh, in the next week, but just teasing it here on the Jeff Dean Show as uh, letting you guys know to be ready for that. And uh, we'll be rolling out that contest on, uh, well, on Tuesday, actually, because Monday is Labor Day and I will not be here. So, uh, you know, offices are closed and, we get days off, too, just like you guys and, you know, Labor Day. And not that we do anything laborious here talking on the radio, but nonetheless, it's, uh, you know, it's part of the perks of being in a in a position where we can take the day off like that. So we'll be back on on Tuesday. We'll be there. We'll be back tomorrow. I'll be here tomorrow morning breaking down the weekend's college football games. Again, as I mentioned, I'm not going to be doing a prediction on the Arizona game. I won't be doing Arizona predictions. I just don't. I don't do those because I work for the team. It's not right. I just don't feel it's right for me to do that kind of stuff. So um, so the suspense will be forever held in my lips. Um, I always thought this interesting. Mike Sando, who does a phenomenal job working for The Athletic, The Athletic just continues to, to employ the best writers in sports, the guys who they employ a lot of guys that I've worked with over the years. These are not just upstarts. These are guys who are dedicated to their – to their passion in covering sports and sports news. And Mike Sando is one of the absolute best in covering the NFL. I remember when Mike was just a, a ESPN beat writer for the NFC West, and now he is essentially the, the, the lead, uh, you know, the, the lead journalist for Athletic NFL. And he was talking with some AFC executives. He, he spoke with five AFC executives who will remain anonymous and ask them to rank the AFC teams, 1 through 16. Now, no surprise here, Kansas City, uh, Kansas City Chiefs got 100% of the, one, of the first place votes. Of the five voters, every single vote, one of them voted K, K, Kansas City is the number one team in the AFC. Second position, now it's interesting because one team, one executive kind of went off the rails with his number two vote. I don't know who it was unless 
well, we have, we have a good idea. But uh, the Buffalo Bills received four of the five second-place votes, received a th- third-place vote from one particular voter. That particular voter voted the Tennessee Titans as the second-best team in the AFC. Now, I don't want to, you know, just kind of assume that it would be the Tennessee Titans GM or some executive in the Titans organization, but it very well could have been. Like, we're the second-best team in the AFC, guarantee it. Okay. I mean, Titans are going to be really good this year. Offensively, they are stout. They can run the football. They're extremely talented at wideout. they got a solid offensive line. Defensively, they're going to play well. This is a good, good football team, real good football team. Dane Cruikshank on that team. <laughs> the team receiving the third-place votes, though, and this is where things start to get kind of like, oh, that's interesting. The Baltimore Ravens came in as the number three team. They were rated as high as number three on three of the voters' cards, as low as number seven on one of the voters' cards. The Cleveland Browns came in at fourth. Now, one of the executives voted the Browns as the ninth best team in the AFC. I, I, I mean, like, what are you looking at? Like, what, what do you consider? Do you, I mean, do you consider Baker Mayfield that bad at his job? That you would you would move them to ninth? It's arguably the most talented roster in the NFL. How can you read them ninth? That's surprising to me. Now maybe the most surprising thing, well, two of the most surprising things. Tennessee getting a number two overall vote, that was extremely surprising. The New England Patriots received a number three vote. Not sure how that worked out. The Denver the Denver uh, Broncos were as high as a 6th place vote and as low as a 14th place vote. Also, the Tennessee Titans received a 10th place vote from one executive, the same executive who said that the Patriots are number 3. Again, this is this is the same things that we're seeing, you know, that fans recognize, okay? Executives are not all that different. Kansas City and Buffalo are head and shoulders above the rest of the AFC, and then you have a scramble teams like 3 through 9, okay? The, the 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 rest of the the rest of the top ten three let's just call it three through ten is kind of like I don't know we know who the bottom feeders are we know it's Houston I think Houston's going to be the worst team in football this year the Jets the Jags the Bengals okay those are the four worst teams then you've got your next tier up which is just like I. You know, they've got an outside shot to get a wild card position, but I don't think it's going to happen. Those teams are the Raiders, the Broncos, and the Steelers. And then you have teams that are solid lineups. You know, they got solid rosters, could possibly win their division. And that's like everybody else, Miami, New England, Tennessee, the Chargers, Indianapolis, Cleveland, Baltimore. And then you have your elite status teams, Kansas City and Buffalo. NFC is very different this year, right? NFC has been a situation where it's been, you know, two mega powers and then everybody else is just kind of fighting for scraps. This year, I think most people would agree that the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are the best team in the NFC. And then after that, you're like, two through ten, it's like, wow, all those are really good teams. We'll talk about that coming up in just a little bit as well. Hey, Fantasy GMs, you can now play for millions of dollars in cash prizes because FanDuel has officially gone live in the state of Arizona. And best of all, FanDuel is going to give all its new customers 
$100 in site credit to get you started. Be sure to sign up with the promo code. Use the promo code DEAN, that's D-E-A-N, my last name, to get $100 in site credit exclusively on FanDuel. That's $25 right now for Fantasy, and you'll get another $75 when you pre-register for Sportsbook. Tons of daily contests available to players of different skill levels. There's snake drafts. There's free-to-play games for people who just you know want to play for free. Salary cap contests and a whole lot more. You can build your lineup. It's fun. It's exciting. I'm telling you, go to the app. Go look at today's games and see. Like you can you can play the Tennessee quarterback and you can have Chris Olave as your wide receiver and you can use the running back from. There's all kinds of different ways you can you know construct your roster to try to win one day of fantasy. Depending on which league you jump in, you could win up to a million dollars. Just download the fantasy duel, uh, the FanDuel Fantasy app today to start playing for real cash prizes. And be sure when you do so to sign up with the promo code DEAN, D-E-A-N, to get $100 in site credit exclusively from FanDuel. Must be 21 and older and present in Arizona. Bonus issued in non-withdrawable site credit that expires seven days after FanDuel accepts its first real money sports wager in Arizona. $100 site credit is offered as $75 sportsbook, $25 fantasy. Unique user identity verification is required. Offer ends on the go-live date. Restrictions do apply. See full terms at FanDuel.com slash sportsbook. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text Next Step to 53342. It's the Jeff Dean Show here on 1490 AM, 104.9 FM, ESPN Tucson. Back to the Jeff Dean Show on 1490 AM, 104.9 FM, ESPN Tucson. Look at some of the uh, the prep football going on in southern Arizona this weekend. Uh, of course, tomorrow night under the lights. And uh, we, we spoke a lot with um, with Justin Spears last week about, uh, you know, everything that's going to be going on in the, in the prep world down in Tucson. And, <clears throat> you know, there's a big game coming up tomorrow night. It's going to be played at South Point Catholic. CDO going to be taking on South Point tomorrow night. Um, that game is it, it's look it's the most highly you know touted game of uh, of Southern Arizona football certainly for you know for as far as like star power and uh, power of the programs go. You know you've got a lot of guys that are that are highly regarded recruits in the state of Arizona going to be playing in that game, and uh, you know you've got a, a, you know a team that's contending for a state title every single year in South Point and CDO who is always going to be at the top of their game. They've got a great program there as well. So that's one of the games that's going to be uh, featured tomorrow night under the lights in uh, in Tucson. You've also got some other good games. If you want to check it out, go to uh, Tucson.com. This is, of course, the Justin Spears of the AZ Daily Star and our very own Justin Spears. You can see here here every weekday from 3 to 6, breaking it all down for you. Sabino going to be taking on Catalina Foothills. Uh, Push Ridge is going to be in action uh, they're taking on Walden Grove. That game's going to be at Mountain View High School. Um, Ironwood Ridge is going to be in uh, in action against Glendale Ironwood. So there's a lot of a uh, lot of a lot of games going on. Sunnyside in action. Um, you know, they're going to be taking on Desert View. I know Mountain View and Marana play tomorrow night as well. So lots of big games going on in uh, in prep football. Looking forward to it. Always love watching the high school games. I'm trying to get down to Tucson. Like my schedule just gets so convoluted at times i'm trying to get down for the cdo south point game tomorrow night i'll do my best and see if i can make it it's one of those things i may just be flying into town and the old uh the old honda 
just in time to catch kickoff. So we'll see. Uh, I certainly hope I can make it because I do want to watch some high school. I'm just I'm excited to be able to go watch high school football. I love going to watch uh, the high school games on Friday nights and wasn't able to do that, obviously, last year. And then the year before that, I was working on Friday nights, wasn't able to do that. Um, so, yeah, it was, uh, it, it's been difficult for me. I've been able to watch a whole lot of high school football recently. So looking forward to getting back into that and uh, getting some high school football under my belt because I miss it, you know. <laughs> it's, a, it's, it's, a, it's one of those beautiful things that we get to enjoy, and uh, prep sports should be enjoyed by, by everybody, really. Um, looking at quickly some NBA, just some news. I know that, that people have maybe have forgotten about a little bit, but there are some people that are getting antsy to find out whether or not the Suns are going to sign an extension with DeAndre Ayton. I talked to some people yesterday. Um, they believe that a deal is imminent, but that neither side is in a real rush to get things done. Uh, that doesn't sound good. Like, I know that DeAndre wants to play in Phoenix. He's wanted to play in Phoenix ever since he played at Arizona. I talked with D.A. about that. He told me that he hopes that Phoenix gets the number one pick so that they will draft him because that's the team that he really wanted to play for. He wants to stay here in Arizona. He wanted to play for the Phoenix Suns. That's that's where he that's where he wanted to play, and he loves playing here. So I'm pretty sure if there's any kind of a of a delay in the extension, it's because either his agent is getting in the way, or Robert Sarver is getting in the way, or maybe they want to do the maybe the Phoenix Suns don't want to, I guess, single out any one of their two players that were drafted in that draft. So maybe they're waiting until they get deals done with both DeAndre Ayton and Mikel Bridges to announce them both at the same time because they drafted them together. They've played together for the three years in the NBA. Maybe they want to continue that trend and just say, look, we're going to re-up them together. We're going to announce them, even though, you know, maybe talks with Mikel are already done and now they're getting started on DA. I'm not exactly sure. I know that some Suns fans and Wildcat fans are interested to know like when that's going to happen. Based on the people that I talked to yesterday, it's not it's not going to be any time in the immediate future because again, there was a, not a lot of urgency to get him signed immediately, whatever that means. So, of course, all that being said, <laughs> based on certain things that have happened over my career when I've talked to people, they're like, "Oh yeah, there's really no urgency in it all and then it happens like two hours later and you're like wait where was that sense of urgency well things changed in the last couple hours and they came to the table with an offer they couldn't refuse okay well now i look like an idiot so thanks thanks for that um so uh we don't expect anything before the weekend comes i think we may wait until just before the season begins again sun's open camp on september 28th we've got you know 27 day 26 days until they open uh, I do I do expect a deal to be done for both DeAndre Ayton and Mikel Bridges before they open camp on the 28th. If they don't, then they can get it done before October 19th when the season opens for the Phoenix Suns. And, look, it's going to be a big year for the Suns. They've got championship aspirations on their mind. they got that taste in the NBA Finals. I hope they don't get complacent and have what I call the Dan Marino syndrome going on where the young players just believe that they'll always get back and I'm not to say it's not to say that Dan Marino was that way. I'm not saying that Dan Marino wasn't hungry to get back. It's just he's the obvious example, right? The young player made it to a championship game in his first or second season of you know of their careers, 
and then never got back. It doesn't happen all that often. Usually young players who get there will find success somewhere else and get back at some point, especially for Hall of Fame-type players like, like Dan Marino. But he never, he never got back. And it's one of those things like, geez, how does that happen? So I don't want to – I'm not trying to blame Dan Marino for the Dan Marino syndrome. It's just named after him, unfortunately. You know, people have diseases named after them that they weren't responsible for. Dan Marino gets Dan Marino system, uh, syndrome, even though he's not generally responsible for that. So I just hope that the Suns don't have that type of a, of a, of a hangover. I, I, I hope that the, the lack of experience of the players on that team doesn't, don't lead to complacency. You know, you've got Chris Paul still leading them, and I do believe that team is going to be hungry to get back. I do believe they want to win. And I think a lot of it is going to weigh on Devin Booker and his experience in the Olympics, of all things. You know, he was with two of the Milwaukee Bucks players in Tokyo. Of course, Drew Holiday and, uh, and Chris Middleton were both part of that gold medal winning team that the U.S. men had in Tokyo this year. And, you know, Drew Holiday, he played extremely well in the Olympics. He was arguably the second or third best player on the team behind Kevin Durant, um, you know, in that, you know, in those, in, in the, in the tournament. And I think the time that, that book spent with those two players who are champions, I think is going to pay off for him and for the Phoenix suns in the future. I hope he brings that fire back with him this season because suns are going to need it. They need, they need their new leader to emerge. And I felt like, and a lot of people did, that he kind of wilted in the NBA Finals. And we have to give credit to the Milwaukee Bucks. They played great defense. They were able to find ways to, to pressure the ball, take the ball out of Chris Paul's hand, pressure the ball. And then Giannis Antetokounmpo just had one of the most amazing NBA Finals runs I've ever seen in my entire life. Maybe the most impressive Finals run I've ever seen in my entire life. He was, <laughs> he was unstoppable. It was ridiculous. We all saw it. So we'll keep an eye on that. I'll continue to talk to some people, and we'll see. Oh, good. I, I just got a notification on my phone. I'm just glad it wasn't uh, Phoenix Suns, Inc., DeAndre Ayton to extension. It was an NHL deal that just happened. So <laughs> happy about that because that would be just my luck to have that happen. Um, things that I'm excited about for college football this year, obviously Arizona football. Let's, let's, let's take Pac-12 out of it, and I'm talking nationally. Okay. While the while the, the you know the the final four are going to be the same in my opinion, I think it's going to be Bama, Clemson, Ohio State, and Oklahoma once again this year. The other things that I'm excited to see again are where these you know where these new coaches are in you know across the landscape dealing with these you know all these uh, the, the the cloud hanging over the head of, of expansion and things like that. Like it, it's going to cause some troubles, right? There's going to be some. There's going to be some teams out there, some schools, some programs that are affected. And I think the Big 12, it's, it's, I think it's going to be a really weird year in the Big 12. We know who the best two teams are. It's, it's easily far and away Oklahoma and Iowa State and then the other eight teams in the Big 12 this year. Texas is going to be good, but Sarkeesian going to be you know breaking a new coach. I don't know how good Steve Sarkeesian is going to be. You know, I mean, spend his time in Alabama, apparently supposedly uh, resurrected his career, gave himself a new lease on life after being drunk on the field, uh, you know, for half of his career in the in the Pac-12. You know, again, a, a brilliant offensive mind. How well is he going to do at Texas? 
that's one of the that's one of the more interesting teams to watch this year. How good is Texas? What what kind of pressure does Sark feel? Because look, that is a program that has just been burning through head coaches left and right because the alumni has so much power there. It is soon as something goes wrong and the alumni start to feed on that, they just they move the guy out before he even gets a chance. I don't think Tom Herman was doing all that bad of a job, and I certainly don't think that he deserved to be fired after three years. Charlie Strong era was pretty bad, but he never had a chance to begin with. That alumni didn't want, didn't want him hired to begin with. Uh, there are several reasons why. Many people have their speculations as to why. Very unfortunate reasons, I think, for many of us to, to realize that uh, they didn't like him because of the, the color of his skin. But, look, that's a, that's a volatile situation that Steve Sarkeesian is going into trying to resurrect his career as a head coach. So that's a really interesting team to watch. And I think the rest of the Big 12, too. What does Oklahoma State look like? Gundy still there doing his thing. You know, Baylor dealing with all the dark cloud that's looming over that program and that school. TCU, Gary Patterson still roaming the sidelines there in his 20th season in, in, uh, in Dallas. So I think the Big 12 is going to be a really interesting watch this year just to kind of see how they're dealing with all of the, all of the noise going on around that conference. All right. We're going to take a timeout. When we return, we'll put a big, bright red, shiny bow on today's edition of the Jeff Dean Show. You're listening here on 1490 AM, 104.9 FM, ESPN Tucson. More of the Jeff Dean Show on 1490 AM, 104.9 FM, ESPN Tucson. Well, there goes my day. Arizona Football Media Guide has gone digital. <laughs> and uh, they posted it on Twitter. Brett Gleason, SID this year for, uh, for Arizona Football, posted it on Twitter. And you can download the PDF version of the 2021 Arizona Football Media Guide, and there goes my day. I mean, I'll, I'm going to be pouring over this thing with a fine-tooth comb, especially since Brett put out there that anybody who finds a mistake wins a prize. So I'm going to start putting my grammar glasses on and uh, get ready for that. <laughs> but, I mean, I, I don't know. Color me uh, ignorant? I don't know. I don't remember them releasing these as digital PDFs before. Is this the first time they've done this? I don't. I mean, have fans have access had access to these? Because if they have, that's a, that's news to me. But this is always such a great thing to look through. It's 151 pages long. I know it's lengthy, but there's so much information in here, and they do such a phenomenal job. That look, <laughs> I've read a lot of media guides. I've been to a lot of collegiate football and collegiate basketball games over the years. I've been to the Final Fours. I've been to national championship games. I've been to New Year's, New Year's Six Bowl games. I've been to SEC games. I've been to other bowl games. Arizona's media guide is right up there at the top with anyone else in the country and has been for quite some time. The, the sports information office at Arizona has always done a phenomenal job of making a painstaking uh, effort to make sure that they have all of the effort, uh, all of the, the information out there available to us. I get handed media guides for a living. I mean, that's, you know, when I'm, when I'm doing a football game or a basketball game, the opposing team's SID, if they are in attendance, will bring me a media guide if they have one. Folks, some of these, I'm like, what, what is this? What, uh, 
um, okay, thanks. Appreciate it. I'll do what I can with this information. <laughs> Arizona's media guide, the football media guide, 151 pages long. The biggest one I ever saw was Texas. I covered Texas twice, once for a national championship game, another for a different bowl game. And uh, their media guide, obviously the national championship year, I think it was 350 pages. It was, it was like a hardbound book with like those really large spirals, you know, in, in the binding. <laughs> it was, thing was ridiculous. It weighed like 14 pounds. But uh, Arizona does an amazing job. If you, uh, if you look on Twitter, you, I'm sure you'll find it. In fact, I retweeted it because uh, I, it's just great information to have. There's, a, there's rosters on there, information about all the players and the coaching staff, information on Arizona's history in football and every team they've ever played and team records and stuff. It's just, it's just phenomenal information for fans just to soak in. There's all kinds of stuff in here, stats from last year, stats from, from previous years, career stats for players, guys at the NFL. I mean, there's just tons of stuff for you to gobble up as an Arizona fan. History of of the team and the program. Everything. And the story of Bear Down, of course. That's in there as well. Check it out. Download it. 151-page PDF. Enjoy your uh, weekend of reading the Arizona Media Guide. Trust me, there's good stuff in there. You, too, may be as educated as the rest of us by the end of it all. That's going to wrap things up for today's edition of the Jeff Dean Show. Thanks to Mary. For all her hard work down there in the studio, pushing all the right buttons and keeping us on the air, stay tuned for Justin Spears and Ali this afternoon from 3 to 6 in the Spears and Ali show. And then I will see you guys again tomorrow morning at 7 a.m. bright and early for a football Friday edition of the Jeff Dean Show. You're listening here to 1490 AM, 104.9 FM, ESPN Tucson. Have a great day, everybody. Thanks for listening to the Jeff Dean Show, Tucson's only local morning sports talk show. Jeff will be back tomorrow morning at 7 on ESPN Tucson. From the Casino Del Sol studio, the soul of Tucson, this is ESPN Tucson. 1490 KFFN AM Tucson, KMXC HD4 Tucson.